0: You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. My family and I have started doing this rhythm that we started doing last year uh, where we were encouraged. I forget where we heard it, where we read about it, but we've started every Friday night. We'll go around the table and we'll just say, what are we thankful for? I have kids that are under seven, they're young, so sometimes it's just what they're looking at for my youngest son. It's he's thankful for the dinner before him. He's thankful for spoons, <laughs> bowls, whatever's for for my daughter who's almost seven. She's a bit more reflective. She'll thank God for what she's done that 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 week and that she got something special or that her teacher gave an award or what, whatever the thing is. They it makes them think about what they have. And what makes me laugh is we have friends over. When we have friends over, they'll often if we sit at that table now, they know that that table represents that time, and they'll actually ask guests. Um, My eldest will say to some of our guests, hey, are you going to tell us what you're thankful for? (laughs) Is that something that has been accustomed to sitting around as a family, remembering and being um, grateful? And honestly, simple thing that we've been trying and I don't think we'll ever stop. It's been one of the most powerful things that have blessed um, my family Um, And and, and kind of the rhythm that has really made us a lot more grateful and a lot more reflective on on what we've been blessed with. More on that soon, but it does speak to what this series that we've just started is all about. Last week, we started on this God's vision statement for his people found three and a half thousand years ago in a conversation with a man on a mountain. God outlines what his hope is for his nation, his family, his people. He says it in Exodus 19.4. Let me read it again as I did last week. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Talking about these, these people that were under Egyptian slavery, how he freed them. Now he says to Moses, now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, You will be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. In part one, last time we looked at some questions. We looked at the blank calendar of a season or a year and we started to explore the book of Leviticus, an extremely ancient book about an ancient time with these practices, with these rhythms that God called these people to, to form them in a way that would make them exactly what God is saying here. And although there's layers on layers in this book and although it is hard to read and a little dry, we can see God's fingerprints through it. We can see his heart for his people and we can actually, and I believe we can take these rhythms and these ways into our life today. It's a book, essentially it gives us a glimpse of the things God would fill our calendar with. I believe it's a book that gives us a glimpse of some of the things, some of the behaviours, some of the rhythms that God would fill your calendar with if it was up to him. God gives a very real order, a tangible purpose in Leviticus to a group of ex-slaves whom he wishes to build a tribe, a nation, a people out of. Upon first reading um, these rules, they seem very strict, and they are. But as I reflect on this, it's not unlike if you entered a rehab program and you said, I'm suffering from this addiction, please help me, and you went to a rehab facility. And imagine if they just said, okay, you're going to be here for two months, sit tight, just do whatever you want. Here's your free room. <laughs> and they didn't help at all with the substance or the thing that you were addicted to. Or imagine walking into a gym. And the people there go, welcome to our gym. If you just stand here or sit here and watch the people work out, you're going to have a great time. We'll take your monthly fee. They didn't teach you how to use the equipment. They didn't give you options on what would work with you. They don't even give you access. (laughs) You would see no results. Transformation building. Uh, This is the purpose. God would give this rhythm for these ex-slaves who have just been freed. We're living in some chaotic, strange moments at the moment. We're seeing some of the worst around the world of some broken, broken, our broken nature of the brokenness of people. And to seek the holiness of God in this season, to seek his presence, to seek his divine ways of life, there's an element, there's a response to that where we will develop some sort of rhythm. As we spoke about last week, as 2 Peter says, it's not about earning, it's about putting effort in. And so that's where we find ourselves today. Now, I could go through Leviticus line by line because there's so much in it. There's layer on layer on layer, but this series is not going all year. <laughs> so why we'll are we encourage you to, yes, read along with us, um, read the full thing in full context but we're only going to read parts online together in this series but for now let me start on leviticus 1 and read through with you for a short bit the lord called moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting saying speak to the people of israel and say to them when any one of you brings an offering to the lord you shall bring your offering of livestock from the herd or from the flock in this if this Offering is a burnt offering from the herd. He shall offer a male without blemish. He shall bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting that he may be accepted before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering and it shall be accepted for him to make an atonement for him. Then he shall kill the bull before the Lord and Aaron's sons, the priests, shall bring the blood and throw the blood against the sides of the altar that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. We're going to keep going. Don't switch off. There's thick, strange things in this, but hopefully we'll unpack it in the coming weeks. Stay with us. Then he shall uh, flay the burnt offerings and cut it into pieces. And the sons of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire on the altar and arrange wood on the fire. And Aaron's sons, the priest, shall arrange the pieces, the head and the fat on the wood, and it... and. Is on the fire on the altar, but in entrails and its legs he shall wash with water, and the priest shall burn it all on the altar as a burnt offering, a food offering within a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It goes on to talk about um, gift offerings in verse ten from a flock. It goes on to give other options around birds. it goes on and gives multiple ways that people can do this offering like a recipe, like an order for a disordered people. It actually goes on to explain five sacrifices in total, the book of Leviticus starts with. The first three it starts with are voluntary, and they're the three I just want to explore right now. Three, these three is, it goes on to explore a burnt offering, a grain offering, and a peace offering, all voluntary. Let me say that again, a burnt offering, a grain offering and a peace offering. Some things to note straight away. I love how it scaffolds these offerings. It says for the poor, you can use a bird. (laughs) From the rich, it's a livestock. I love that God is never saying that connection with him is for the rich. He's always finding ways for the full family, for everyone to be able to freely give in gratitude. He's also getting them to remind themselves that you have something to give. It's hard to understand, but these people were owned by people. These were property, and now he's telling them you have property, whether you're rich or poor now, to give. That act in itself would remind them of what God has given them. Now, I know lots of people have issues with the killing of animals and the talk of blood here. We're going to address that. As we go. So stay with us through that, but we will come to that. All I will say is this ancient way has more connection, ownership, and spirituality around its animal's death than I think we do in the West in our modern era. But I'll speak to that in the next few weeks. So there's this burnt offering. This is voluntary and it's about gratitude, about taking something and worshiping, being thankful. The second one is a grain offering where they take their first fruits and they mix it with the finest flour. Now, we think about that, oh, well I think about that, and I think going down to the nearest grocery store and getting flour that's already been made up. But no, this is a process. This is costly. This would take a day or days to prepare, grinding the flour, mixing it with oil, taking your first fruit, crushing incense, and offering it and burning it and offering it to the Lord. This means this whole rhythm is reminding them on a deep level of what God has done, what God is going to do and what he is doing with them as they think about the things that they have and prepare it for him. It's a process. It's a transformative rhythm. And then a peace offering, a meal where a portion of that meal lastly is given to the priest and his family and they share a meal together, again, as an offering to God. So what on earth, if you're still watching, (laughs) what on earth does it have to do with us? Consider this. God frees his people. God wants to build a tribe, a family, a kingdom with them. He gives them an order as they're disordered. And his first thing on the list that is most, I don't know if it's most important, but for him it's the first thing that needs to be mentioned, is he wants to give them a voluntary rhythm of worship and gratitude. Let me say that again. He's inviting them straight from the start a voluntary practice of giving their best to God. A small portion of what God has given them to thank God, to remember, to celebrate all that he has done for them. A rhythm of worship and gratitude. This looks a little different to how modern followers of Jesus can use the word worship. This is worship that costs something. This is worship that took time to prepare. This is worship that doesn't give God actually anything. (laughs) He doesn't need the flower. He doesn't need the animal. This is worship, but this is worship that's a transformative posture, a living sacrifice, as Romans calls this way of living. It's not the worship that says when you have time, come along on a Sunday, sing a couple of songs, be distracted from your week, only sing out the ones that you're comfortable or that you like. (laughs) This has an element of praise to it, I guess, but it's far deeper than that. In the action of preparing the animal, in the action of choosing the animal for these people, in, in the action of kneading the grain, in preparing the meal, they are reminded that, again, they own something because moments before they were owned by people. They're reminded by what they have as they smell the preparation. They smell the things cooking. They are reminded of what God has done for them and is doing. Again, it's not because God's hungry. It's not because God can't cook a barbecue himself. But because in the preparation, in the sacrifice, in the worship, this gratitude will form them, help them, change them, move them, grow them from slaves to people that live with and in the divine, with Yahweh. And on top of this, and I think this is my favorite part of this whole section, every line of this recipe ends with, and this offering was pleasing or was a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So it gives a big, long, dry recipe, and it says, give this to the Lord and this offering was a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Why do I love this? At the end, they know that through these habits, that through these rhythms, that through these sacrifices, there is no doubt, through the smell, through the experience, through the preparation, there is no doubt in their mind because it repeats itself multiple times. There's a reminder that God is okay with them, that this is acceptable to God. So, if you're still not with me on this, understand the context of this 3,500-year-old tribe. The tribe next door, we know this historically, is likely doing dances, building statues, killing children. Seriously, that's a, that's a thing hinted through right through this book so that they can win the next war, so they can get more rain. And you know what? At the end of all that, they don't even know if God's actually okay with them or they don't even know if they have the right God (laughs) or they wonder if they could switch God or give a bit of sacrifice or they don't know. There's no assurance. This God says, perform and practice this and know that in your gratitude, in your worship, I am happy. I am present with you. In this meal, I am with you. Cut to 2,000 years later. No, sorry, cut to 3,500 years later and I see a planet full of people doing their own sacrifices still. They're doing their dances. They're doing their uni courses, which is fine. They're doing their networking. They're doing their philosophy. And they may not know it or say it or have the words, but they're still trying to please their God. They will use different language. to say, I'm trying to transcend. I'm trying to find inner peace. I'm trying to be successful. I'm trying to be rich. I just want to be healthy. I want to be whatever. And don't get me wrong. Some of these things are fine to do, but they're not going to give these people that reconciliation to the inner void within us that's missing relationship with Yahweh. They just won't. No one has done this apart from true reconciliation. They can try, and they will, and they'll fail. Everyone, maybe oversimplifying it, but everyone, at the end of the day, I believe, just wants to know they're okay with God, seeks to be back with their universal creator, whether they recognize that or not. Now, this is really good news for us today (laughs) because we're no longer required to do this ritual either. (laughs) We've been made right. If you're a Christian, you know this. If you don't, then please explore this. But you've been made right through Jesus. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He ditched the tent. He ditched the temple. And he came and walked amongst us. Then he left us with the spirit so that we could be grown into that tent, that representation collectively of Christ. So while we're no longer invited to perform, and I'm not about on this video to get in the cattle or the chickens and get the sharpest knife and do a ceremony, (laughs) the reality is God still freed us from slavery for a purpose. Now, he doesn't want to see us perform anymore, but he'd love to see us practice. Not so he likes us, but so he can grow us. As 1 Peter 13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter saying, yes, you're freed, but come on. There's work to be done. <laughs> As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passion of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you shall be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Peter quoting Leviticus, the book we're exploring. And if you call on him as a father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile knowing that you are ransomed from your futile ways, inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, but with the ple- precious blood of Jesus, precious blood of Christ, like the lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation. This has always been the plan, Peter's about to say. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake, for you who through him he, are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him the glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you've been born again, born again for a purpose, adopted for a purpose, reconciled for a purpose to the living and abiding word of God. All flesh is like grass, and all its glory is like the flower of grass. Grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God is an eternal promise, eternal transformation remains forever. And this word is good news that was preached to you. Invitation this morning the first heart um, posture, the first rhythm we can see in the scripture s- straight away is an invitation this season to develop a rhythm of worship and gratitude. So what does it look like for you? Well, that's kind of your part. (laughs) This conversation is best had online or in smaller groups as we discuss what rhythms work for us that allow us to develop our worship and gratitude. If I were to give this thing a couple of thoughts and challenges practically, of course, communion is a great one. If you don't know what communion is, it's a time in a lot of churches, it's something that Jesus actually asked us to do, where we sit and remember around the elements of bread and juice, remember the sacrifice that he gave. Jesus literally knowing it's all paid for, but still knowing that we need to remember (laughs) that it was paid for. We need to remember that God is good with us. We need to remember the life we can live in, and that's Jesus. I want to be careful that I'm not actually asking you to add a heap of things to your life. Sometimes a rhythm of worship and gratitude is just about intentionally adding or, sorry, not adding, but enhancing the things you already do. What do I mean? It's not about ticking off Sunday church if you do that, as, as you should do. But maybe it's about, rather than ticking it as a chore, it's about praying in the car on your way, about getting everything else that needs to be done for the week so that time can be set apart and holy, that your worship can be fully on God, can be surrendered, rather than half there and half on the shopping or the lunch you're going to have after. It's about prepping your heart. It's this idea of what they would bake and make. It might be about if, you, if your community has a morning tea like we do. It might be about on Saturday baking something, preparing something out of worship, <laughs> out of time committed to your community, out of love. It's about time with your family. It's about making time for your spouse if you have one and remembering everything God's given you. It's about generosity. It's about being an unanxious presence, not always being in a rush, not adding things, maybe taking things away to allow your life to look more like a rhythm of gratitude and worship. It's up to you. It's the family rhythms that you decide on the individuals that allow you to steward God's grace as we set apart these moments and make them holy. I talked about my experience with this. I talked about my Friday night that's worked for me and my family. Another one we've tried is I talked about this. We've decided that this year we're going to do Sunday lunches. (laughs) Sounds simple, but we want to be intentional that Sunday we're going to invite people over to our house and connect with them and be thankful, and laugh with them, and live with them. Simple, but we know that after one Sunday, after two Sundays, after months of Sundays, after a year of Sundays connecting with people, we know that will grow us, change us, form us. We're not doing it because we're pastors. (laughs) We're doing it because we want to live and thrive with the divine. As we've called this series, we want to pursue a... Holy year. What's it for you? Love you to consider. Love you to let us know. And we'll um, look forward to seeing you as we continue to unpack this series next time. Hey, if you're still there, um, don't forget, if you enjoy, if you're finding it challenging, interesting, share this video around. Find community, a small group to watch it with. There's a reading plan attached in the description and uh, whatever it looks like, journey with us. Let us know some of the rhythms, what, what God said to you through this series, through his word. We want to know. And on a real practical level, hit like on this video if you're watching it online. Hit subscribe so you can uh, get the next part. And uh, we look forward to seeing you then. Thanks.